welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today. 1800 938 007. That's our free phone number. Don't forget we have that €100 Euro voucher for Mr. Mr. Menswear. They're having their clearance sale at Kilcoran Lodge Hotel. It kicks off this Thursday and runs right through until a Sunday. And they've all sorts of goodies there for you. If you're into fashion, they have blazers and jackets and coats and jeans and knitwear and polos and T-shirts, all sorts of stuff there. And they assure us uh, bargain uh, basement prices there as well. So €100 Euro voucher to give away, and that's based on your interaction with us by text and WhatsApp. And if you put Mr. Mr. at the end of your contribution, we will pop you in to the draw. Now, today is World Mental Health Day. The overall objective of the day is to raise awareness of mental health issues around the world and to mobilise efforts in support of mental health. The theme of this year's campaign is Mental Health is a Universal Human Right. Malisha McGrath is a chartered work and organisational psychologist and she joins me now. Alicia, good morning to you. Good morning to you. And uh, very good to talk to you today. Um, Before we continue on, the idea of having a World Mental Health Day, is that important? Is that useful? I think it's really useful. I mean, as a psychologist, I might be inclined to argue that every day should be Mental Health Day. But when we have these days that are focused around the world on a particular topic, I think it serves to drive attention to topics that are really worthwhile and and global, topics that are necessary so that we can put in proactive steps to help manage our mental health and to drive our understanding of this really important topic. I have some concerns about the label of mental health issues being tossed around the place an awful lot over the last few years, particularly, I suppose, around the time of COVID, that if people are isolated, it's assumed they may have a mental health issue, or if people are grieving, it's assumed they have a mental health issue. But mental health issues are completely different to those things, are they not? Well, I would completely agree with you, Fran. I think people who suffered, uh, you know, from being isolated or, as you say, from from life events as grief, such as grief, those are healthy responses to tough times. You know, a mental health can be a diagnosis of a depression or a schizophrenia. That's more what we mean but more and more I hear people saying oh I have anxiety almost mm. like a badge of honour yes, yes. And, and and I don't think and, and certainly many of my peers in clinical wouldn't think that that's necessarily um, a healthy thing. What's happened is we've sort of normalised feeling anxious we've normalized that uh you know you need to be part of the gang almost yes, to yeah. have this anxiety and i would agree with you that that's not necessarily a handle a, a healthy mm. thing and it's not necessarily a mental health thing now there is data to show that around the world medication for mental health is is uh, oversubscribed sometimes mm. i know we know from mm. from the menopause literature that a lot of women that perhaps need hormones have been put on antidepressants because there's a lack of education. But when we have days like today, um, we're able to focus the, the conversation on research and real data. What we need to look at is how we're living our lives day to day, how organizations and employers are, you know, as a duty of care, are providing psychologically safe environments uh, for their staff. And there's a lot more that we can do that really isn't rocket science, does not need to be the domain of psychiatrists or psychologists. And that's why we were intrigued with your work, Leisha, because you work with clients around their business and personal lives as well, which is very interesting. 
Yeah, so I'm a, a work and organisational psychologist. So what that means is I work in organisations. Uh, so helping organisations design environments, structures, roles um, that support the, the productivity, but also the psychological safety and mental health of their of their employees. And I work with individuals one to one as well, or in teams, to help them also uh, create what we call a you know a positive culture, positive for for mental health and for productivity because the two go hand in hand and we know um, I don't know if you've seen the the recent CSO statistics which were backed up by a recent um, Netwatch piece of research which show that fear and stress are actually the leading concern for a huge number of businesses when they've been asked about criminal activity which the CSO is showing is on the rise. There's a huge increase, 16 percentage point increase in staff needing uh, time off or leave of absence following um, stressful incidents at work. So we need to be able to support organisations to create the kind of culture that allows staff to feel safe, allows them to rebound from potentially um, you know, stressful situations. And a lot of the work that I do teaches also people on a one-to-one basis and you know I'm running workshops in the community on this as well around how do we manage and take responsibility for our own mental health and our own what I call a a personal self-connection day to day and like I was saying it's not necessarily rocket science we don't all need to be medicated Mm. Um, you know we need to do things like gut health we need to do things like sleep we know the value of community relationships open conversations We've moved away when I studied psychology 20 odd years ago initially we had the medical model of mental health where you know people were broken I mean we're there to fix with medication now we have more of a, a focus on positive psychology what are the things that we can do to you know do better at what's going well so if you have a good relationship how do you make it better if your sleep isn't great how can you make it better and these all have really real impacts on how much we enjoy life um, and, and, and how we can turn up for each other and, and for our employers. It's very interesting. And what I love uh, about what you're doing as well is that you don't see it as a one-size-fits-all and everybody is an individual and obviously their experience is individual to them. Um, but I, I mentioned it a few times on the programme. I read a book called Cracked. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it was a, sort, a, a sort of an expose on uh, psychiatry over mm. over many, many decades indeed. And the main issue with the book is that, you know, psychiatrists fit you into uh, certain categories all of the time. And of course, the human experience isn't that. We're all individuals, you know. And yeah. do, you, do you keep that in mind all of the time, Leisha? Yeah, I mean, we would have studied uh, what's called the DSM, which is the, the categories that you speak of. And what happens is they psychiatrists will try and push, you know, people into these categories so that if you're in that box, this is the medication yes. you need. And yeah. you can understand when people are under-resourced, and that was the thinking at the time. But more and more, psychiatrists are moving away from that. More and more, you know, there's research that shows that one patient can go and see 10 different psychiatrists and get 10 different diagnoses because, as you say, one size doesn't fit all. Now, there absolutely are people that require medication. Mm. You know, that's not my domain. That is a domain of a clinical psychologist Mm. or a psychiatrist. And, you know, they're doing brilliant work. But there is a movement, you're quite right, away from prescribing only. A lot of people need, you know, hormones or they need to, you know, IT 
teach relationship skills, resilience skills, how to do things like interrupt your thinking if you have 40 thinking patterns. Where are you getting your energy from? Where do you give it? How do you actually keep back some for yourself? How do you have boundaries? And as I say, with employers and particularly following this NetWatch and the CSO research, how can we create this psychologically safe environment so that people aren't just, you know, scraping by by their fingernails. They're really able to enjoy life and thrive because much as, you know, the theme of World Mental Health Day is about um, mental health as a human right, I would always say happiness is our birthright and it is in there. Mm. Just unfortunately, the way we're programmed to be so busy and always on, it's very often the recipe for self-disconnection. And what I mean by that is saying yes when you mean no or really feeling exhausted and not going to bed feeling that you should do xyz for somebody else Um, and that all contributes to mental health and when we start to have days like today and have a common vocabulary and vernacular for promoting mental health and well-being because it's not mental health in one bucket and physical health in another bucket and nature in another bucket you know we're all nature we're all one system um, and it's not one size fits all. So there is a huge amount by taking responsibility, starting where we are and having these open conversations. But there are resources out there. And of course, I would encourage anybody who does feel that they're suffering to, to seek professional help. And because you deal with businesses and with employees and like, I'd love your opinion on so-called working from home. I've serious mm. reservations about that, mainly because of the isolation and the lack of camaraderie and all of those kind of things. What about your opinion on that, Leisha? Yeah, I think, again, it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all, but what I am seeing is more organisations are asking people to come in for anchor days and more and more people are come, are volunteering to come back in. What can be happening for people staying at home is that they're trying to do childcare and do the yes, work and yes. do the, you know what I mean, and nobody's missing, you know, nobody's, nobody's winning there. Everybody's missing out uh, because we still only have X number of hours in the day. But there is a huge... Um, you know, the longitudinal research will be very interesting, but there is still a lot already research that we know that shows that innovation, creativity, relationships, on-the-job learning happen when people are in the room together. You can do a certain amount of it um, online, but more and more people are choosing to go back in, at least some of the time. And I think that seems to be, from my experience anyway, and I work with many different industries and organisation sizes, that seems to be a common and recurring theme. So I think it'll be a case of watch this space but I do think people are are seeing the benefits of of getting together more often and at least when you go into the office or your workplace you're going in with intention um, and it may be the case I know sometimes if I'm writing reports I'll definitely do those from my work office because I yeah, my home office rather because I need mm. no interruptions mm. um, and, and there's benefit for that but also what the other part of that conversation is that organisations are now looking at output rather than bums on seats, hours at a desk. They're looking at output and, and, and work as a part of life. And there's all sorts of interesting stuff coming with the four-day work week um, and other, you know, other models like that. And I think, I, think the, I think the future is ripe for maybe some new innovation in this space that we haven't had for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one to see. Very interesting indeed. Uh, your own uh, personal history intrigues me uh, as well, <laughs> if you don't 
don't mind my asking about it. Um, certainly you had severe health issues, I think, for quite some time, did you? I did, yeah. I had very severe health issues for, it's hard to quantify it exactly, but I would say kind of five to seven years. As it turned out, I had um, a heavy metal poisoning that I actually got in utero from my mum who had metal fillings in her mouth. Um, So they weren't able to diagnose me here in Ireland. I was peddled around all over the place. I was very fortunate to be able to go to a clinic in Switzerland um, and a simple test was able to to determine what, what was wrong. So yeah, it took a long time of weekly, inf- well I went over there for a number of weeks and then weekly infusions, then every two weeks, then every three weeks. Um, but it, what, you know, what they said to me in Switzerland was, you were always going to get sick because I had this toxic load in my system which, by the way, a lot more people have than you'd realise. Um, but I was, I the way that I was living, which was subject to the, the way that you know we're we're, determ- we're we're kind of programmed to live, busy, busy, busy. You know, worked for myself. You know, come home for the kids, back out with the laptop at night, hosted everything. So they said in Switzerland, you know, the timing of when you got sick was your own fault in terms of that you were never able to um, to relax really or to stop. So what I what I did was I suppose I, I reprogrammed my own life as I got better and better. But I also noticed recurring themes happening um, with my clients over about a ten year period. And these are people who seemingly had it all. You know, the big house, the big job, the two point four children, all the stuff we're told yeah. Yeah. will equal success and happiness. Um, and I found five themes that. Um, were consistent among these among these clients of mine. And what I talk about now in my work, Fran, is that if we're living life from the outside in, i.e. we're responding to whoever's shouting the loudest at us and we're looking at, um, you know, what's going on in the world and it can all be very, very um, overwhelming. If we actually start to work from the inside out and, and, what, and live from the inside out, and what I mean by that is, beginning to connect to yourself. What do you really mean? Do you really want this job? Do you really need this relationship? What actually resources you? And getting to know yourself um, often for the first time. Now, I do a lot of this work in organizations, but I also offer um, these workshops in the community. I have, I have some starting on the 7th of November um, online. But what you'll find as well now, which is great, is that organizations are listening. And when you have, you know, hard data like that from Netwatch coming in, you know, people are really sitting up and saying, okay, well, what can we do here to support our staff? What can we do here to create cultures that promote this self-connection and this sense of um, mental health and, and, and responsibility so that we can actually, as I was saying earlier, have a shared conversation, have a shared understanding of what the vocabulary actually means and what it means for us because one size doesn't fit all, but there are things that we can do, quite simple things that we can do um, for ourselves and within the organisation. So I never tell anyone what to do. You know, you need to start drinking a green juice and yes. journaling and yeah. you know that'll work for some people but it won't work for everyone so my my mo is to get people to figure it out for themselves so i teach skills i teach toolkits i facilitate conversations in organizations about culture about about well-being and that has long-lasting effects that allows people to really go oh yeah hang on i have a part to play in this um, and it doesn't have to be life done onto me where I, you know, I'm scraping by by my fingernails sometimes. Um, because as we were saying at the top, those stress responses can actually be healthy responses to an unhealthy setup. Uh, but the good news is that there's lots that we can do to 
ameliorate our setup and some stuff we you know is just there uh, but we can ameliorate our our response to it and how we experience it and we can start to shift the balance more towards thriving every day Leisha, it was fascinating to talk to you. If people want to see what you do and have a look at uh, possibly uh, interacting with you in some way, how can they do that? Um, so my website is leishamagra.com. That's L-E-I-S-H-A. And I'm on LinkedIn under that um, handle. I'm also, I do a lot of well-being, free well-being stuff on my Instagram, which is start with three minutes. And that's the number three. That was what the physio said to me when I was starting to learn to walk again. So um, that's where, that's the origin of that. So start with three minutes is a lot of the well-being. And then the more corporate stuff is LinkedIn or via my website. Well, I was delighted to talk to you, Alicia. And thanks for making time for us today. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Fran. Thank Take you. care. Good morning to you. That's Leisha McGrath there, Chartered Work and Organisational uh, Psychologist and a most interesting guest indeed. Um, we'll take a break. Back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie.